My name is Laird Hercules. I'm Rafi. And this is What We Dig. It's a show that we, a podcast we just started uh, that is a compliment to our YouTube channel <laughs> where we get to talk about pop culture and um, some fantastic Toronto food, which you should probably know about if you're coming to Toronto or in Toronto. Rafi's pretty excited about the podcast. I have to ask Rafi, uh, what's got you so excited about the podcast? Super excited because, you know, you get a chance to talk about what's... You know, what we, you and I can't really talk about the behind-the-scenes stuff. You know, we, our our episode is what six minutes, six minutes long. Yeah, that's about it. Six minutes. Yeah. And in six minutes, you can't really capture everything. No, you don't really get the experience in six minutes. Because we go to some fantastic places. Yeah, we we go to some, and the thing is, like, we the people we meet are incredible. Yeah. But I can't really describe how incredible they are in 40 seconds. Crazy millennials, they have only three minutes. Two minutes. <laughs> two <laughs> minutes. The stats are two minutes. Two minutes is the average clock out time for somebody, and you know, may, maybe we're just not making good enough content. I, I want to believe that that's not true. I believe no, our, our content is great. Amazing. I think it's great, but yeah. it's, uh, but yeah, just the average time that people clock out are, are, are two minutes. So yeah. um, we, we have to create some sort of incentive at the end, like a yeah. million dollars, so yeah. they stay yeah. the whole way. But anyways, two minutes. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot that uh, somebody can find out about it. Whereas, you know, podcast environment, mm -hmm. who knows? You might be in your car, you might be on the subway, you might be just going somewhere, doing your thing, cleaning the house. Yeah. That's normally what I do when I listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so you just got a little more time to spend. You can take your time a little bit more. Uh, exactly. And it also gives us a chance to expand on some of the things the owners or chefs say. Some yep. things that don't make the final cut. Yep. Um, so excited. So so really excited. And also it gives us a chance to talk about music. You know, we had to sort of part ways with music before, yeah. which, which was hard. It was difficult. It, it, was, very, it was like giving up a child yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, which, I we, by the it. way, I love the music episodes. Yeah. Because I, I, I got to discover so much music. Yes, yes. And yes. I know you, one of your favorite artists, Anderson Pack. Yes, yeah. You always like talking about him. I do. And... He's the greatest. He's the new he's prince. Exactly. To me, he's the new yeah. prince. I would be as bold to say he's the new prince. I mean, to me, honestly, he's uh, he's not. He does not get the respect or the attention or the backing that I think he deserves. He's super talented. He's a drummer. The guy's featured everywhere. He's featured everywhere. He's featured on Black Panther. He's featured on. Uh, Schoolboy Q, Gold Link songs. He was on a Catronata song. Chance the Rapper even had him on the coloring book for a very brief moment, and he was featured on the Rhapsody album. He's everywhere. But you know what's hilarious to me about him is that you'll hear somebody's album and they'll say, you know, featuring so and so, featuring so and so, and I know Anderson Pack's on the album, and I'm waiting for them to say his name, and they never say his name. Look at the next Black Panther. Uh, like a soundtrack album uh, or advertisement you hear about, and look at the names that they mentioned. He is not on that list. But he's on. He's on. Black he is Black on the Black Panther album in one of the best songs. As no, he performs on on the Black Panther soundtrack. There's a song on the Black Panther soundtrack. I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's a it's a wicked song. I think it's called um, Bloody Waters. Okay, uh, is the name of the song, but. It's a great song, and again, he's not on the top of that list, and it just it it incenses me. He's not getting more attention. Maybe it's a it's the Ed Sheeran effect. You know how Ed Sheeran spent good chunk of his early career just hustling, hustling, just hustling, ghostwriting. Yeah, not really that known. And over time, uh, I think another example is Sia. I think Sia's most recent album 
was all songs that were rejected. Oh wow! <laughs> by yeah. other artists. And yeah, yeah. Just all right. You don't want it. I'll take I, it. I'll just put it. Mine now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think Anderson Pack. What he's he's what maybe four years into mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even think he's mainstream. I think he's knocking on the door. I put him in the uh, like the Ben Harper territory. No. The like no, rail. What I mean, professionally. Like, uh, yeah, he was signed to Af Aftermath, I think, in 2016 or right. in 20, 2015 or 2016. So maybe he's so just doing years. his rounds right now. And this is one of them because this was a – hey, everybody's going to know about Black Panther. Yes, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So whether or not you get daps, you know, or if you're – hey, that's Anderson Pack. Yeah. He was part of it. Yeah. So no, I, I'll play a little bit of, uh, of Anderson Pack for everybody um, just so you understand, but his, his album Malibu is still – a masterpiece to me. Mm. He has excellent features on the album. Yep. His actual writing is shown. The guy plays the drums. He's an actual musician mm. who raps, who sings, who does it all. The guy's a unicorn. Yeah. Speaking of which, I thought of a term recently that I haven't really seen in movies, but he's kind of like uh, an African American unicorn, like a black unicorn. And uh, you know, there's, there's, I don't see black unicorns in fairy tales as much as I, as I think they should. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. But he's uh, the guy's a unicorn, and I don't know what it's going to take for him to actually to actually get that attention. But enjoy, uh, enjoy the Anderson Pack sample. Mm -hmm. So I hope you enjoyed that sample. Uh, he's, uh, I told you, he's, to me, he's the new prince. He's funky, he's out there, he does something different. Um, people need to start paying more, more attention. I mean, his concert sales are all right, though, so I can't, I can't say that he's in a terrible place, but I'm just angry he should be more mainstream. It took people, it took less talented people, less time to get to mainstream than it's taking him to get there. Yeah. So anyways, I wanna, I wanna talk about that for a little bit. Um, Something else I want to bring up is something that I'm going to call the Leaf Volabec connection. So I'm actually changing lanes a little bit here uh, on music types. So we're still talking about music, uh, and I'll tell you just a little bit of a story about Leaf Volabec. Uh, he is a singer-songwriter. He has been around for more than 10 years. He is definitely not mainstream. He is one of those lesser-known folks that's just doing his thing. Um, and actually had a bit of uh, like a, an, an interaction with him. I was an acquaintance with, with Lee Volabek, and I just recently heard one of his songs, and it's an incredible song called Elegy, uh, that was in a, uh, a show that's on Netflix, but it's a British show called uh, Love Sick. So let me let me understand this. So you knew this guy named Vola. Yes, Leaf. His uh, name is Leaf. Leaf. Oh, you, Leaf. You know, you, you, you Not were, personal, but I, he, yeah. I, I you're met acquainted. Him through, yes, you're acquainted. Yes, yes. And then 
didn't hang out. Yep. Whatever. Time passes by. You're chilling. Yep. At home. Yep. With the fam. Yep. Watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. And this song comes in. Facts. And bam, you're like, oh, I know this person. That's right. Wow. Um, in the middle of a show, that's actually really good. I'd, I'd recommend Lovesick. It's kind of a uh, a comedy. Um, I'm not gonna go into too much detail, but the the first season is about uh, a guy contracting an STD and him meeting all of his ex partners. Yeah. Um, to either atone or uh, to find out who gave it to him. Oh wow. Right? Okay. <laughs> or who he may have given it to if he yeah. did. So it, it, it's a little bit of a, of a strange, depressing. a little bit, but it's actually a great uh, kind of relationship, a great show to watch with the wife, great show to watch with somebody who's about relationships. I, I find it really awkward because now as you're watching this, you know, she might turn around and go, by the way, we've never really had this. <laughs> 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 there may be some secrets that are uncovered, uncovered. that uh, well, see, you, may, you may not want to know about. Uh, Get yeah. yourself checked first yeah. before you watch this show. Make sure you go to a doctor before watching Lovesick. Avoid any <laughs> awkward conversations, or at least be upfront about it. We're going to watch this show. I've been checked out. I'm clean. You have nothing to worry about, sweetie. Let's enjoy the popcorn. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> or you're watching this, and your your partner, or not wife, but partner starts sweating. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad sign. Not a good sign. You see, uh, your wife starts sweating once... Uh, once the STD Ooh. conversation comes up, uh, All right. yeah, um, yeah, it might, it, might, it might be uh, time to change the show. Oh man! Right? And then have a convo. So, so did you contact Leave, going like, why? Whoa, what's going on? No, no, no. The show is incredible. Like, the show is actually great. And in fact, one thing about the show is number one, it's a great show. But at the same time, its soundtrack is amazing. Um, there was another show. Uh, uh, it wasn't called The Misfits. It was called. It was the other um, superhero British show. I forgot what it's called, but sure. it's, okay. but it's uh, it's a great show too. But um, that also had a great uh, a great soundtrack, and um, this one has a, an unbelievable soundtrack. Like where at that it, there's moments where you're watching the show where you're like, who sings this? Mm-hmm. And it makes you stop for a second and go like, look it up, Shazam it, do whatever you need to do, pause the show, and then continue the show. But the soundtrack is that good. So, anyways, we were talking about Leaf Volabek and the Leaf Volabek. Um, moment. So I heard this song, which uh, I can play a bit of a sample of the song uh, in, a, in a few moments, but I heard this song and the song's incredible. And I knew it was him right away, looked him up and was like, yes, he's hit that that great level. Mm-hmm. So Leaf, to show, give you some background on Leaf and where I met him, was at a random bar in Liberty Village. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my friends is in a band called The Wilderness of Manitoba. They're a folk band. And at the time, they were you know, friends or, or acquaintances with Leaf, and they were playing a show with him. And Leaf is one of those guys who sets up like a looping pedal and then grabs like a violin and then plays a violin loop and then plays a guitar loop and then plays a percussive oriented loop uh, and then starts singing over this whole loop. So, you know, you, you described Ed Sheeran earlier. He's really well known for doing this as well. Mm-hmm. But this was before that started getting really popular and everybody did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leaf was, was doing it really early. And his voice is like like a Jeff Buckley type voice. It's it's a raspy, slightly higher pitched voice that's just like a gorgeous voice. So I knew the guy had talent from the get-go um, and just really enjoyed watching him perform. Fast forward about a year and I'm on tour and, and this podcast, I'm, I'm going to warn you, will probably be littered with tour stories in the future because I've had a lot of stories because I, I did video for a few bands while on tour. But um, I was in the UK at, the, at a festival called the End of the Road Festival, and number one at that time, everybody looked like Dave Grohl for some reason. Yep. Everybody had beards. Yep. Everybody like had the Dave Grohl look. 
Uh, and Leaf was one of those guys. And in fact, I have, I have footage of four guys singing um, The Best of You by uh, Foo Fighters, okay. all looking like Dave Grohl. Okay. Um, anyway, so I, I, I got to see him perform there. And the thing that was happening with him is that he made music, but it just wasn't at that level of accessibility yet. Okay. And it was getting there, and he had mm -hmm. some songs that were really ex uh, accessible, but he was also on like a less known label and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. anyways, it was awesome to hear Leaf, having known him 10 years ago, mm -hmm. reach this level where I think he's now started to enter transcendence, okay. where he's leveled up to now making just incredible, flawless music. And, and Elegy is a, is a great uh, example of that. Mm -hmm. um, so here's a, here's a quick sample of Elegy. Jacket and a black bandana Kicking over trash cans And telling jokes in Atlanta When I got the fever It hit me like a fan On the back of my hand I don't know who I am But I'm free for nothing Good for nothing too Crazy dreams Still crazy about you Won't you let me in one more time Babe, I wanna feel it too well, nothing is a lie, babe, if you know it ain't true Take a look at me now Take a look at me now Hearts on fire, so is the page Everybody around here is telling me to act my age I'm trying, things are only revealed in the light that is given Oh, to be free from the pardon When all else is forgiven Rain outside's blowing in the curtains Nothing is revealed But nothing is for certain As I recall you was drinking From the sanctuary wine Well, don't worry, baby We'll find all of our lost time and so that was uh, that was Elegy um, by Leif Volebeck. Uh, if you ever hear this, Leif, I uh, I still love to see. I would love to see. I'd love to reach out to you if you're ever in Toronto. You made incredible music. A dozen mares is still my favorite song by yours. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, keep killing it, brother. Keep killing it out there. Uh, I want to ask you something. Yeah. Uh, moving on from Leif. Uh, is, you know, I, 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 I'm a little bit of a, can I say, I mean, I won't say I'm in an older generation, but I'm not, uh, I'm not necessarily as into the new hip hop as, you know, younger mm -hmm. people are. Mm -hmm. I am into some of it, but not all of it. But what I'm noticing now is that there's actually been a, a cool evolution, and I think this evolution has been happening with uh, mm -hmm. a lot of different things, whether it's film or whatever, but um, there's a lot more of a female presence yep. within the hip-hop community. In fact, I, I remember us having a conversation, I think it was about a year ago, when they were doing the uh, the best rappers or best hip-hop artists. Um, I think uh, XXL yep, yep, uh, yep. does that list, and um, we were actually expecting there to be you know, a good amount of female yep. artists in there. Uh, and one of my favorite albums of last year, uh, and I, I, I'd say it's maybe top 
two, top three mm-hmm. of my favorite hip hop albums of last year mm-hmm. was Rhapsody's uh, Layla's, uh, I think it's called uh, Layla's Ransom or La- okay. um, Anyways, Rhapsody's album from 2017, yeah. uh, and it had a ton of features. Anderson Pack, by the way, just yeah. just just saying, yeah, 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 uh, and uh, and a bunch of other great features. But she was wicked on the album. Is just an excellent lyricist, and really gives that uh, female perspective. Um, and then you know, there's the rise of Cardi B, and you know, there's the rise of quite a few other female artists. And I guess the question, to cut to the chase, the question that I want to ask you is, do you feel like the glass ceiling is finally starting to get knocked on by by female hip? hip-hop artists. I, mean, I think it's been being, it, it has been knocked on for a long time. I think they've broken through now. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, if you look at it right now, gasoline in all sorts of areas for women, they're breaking through now. There, there was a lot of knocking before, mm-hmm. but it's broken through now. I, you know, you look at all the, the female hip-hop artists that are coming, whether it's through rap, or it's through R&B, and, and just just generally, mm-hmm. lead vocalist for in a band, for example, yeah. indie rock band even. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I think the indie thing had been happening for a long time. Yeah. There, there was a great female presence, uh, you know, in the in the peak indie era of like mid two thousands. Right. Uh, you know, like Florence and Machines, yeah. you know, Metrics. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Though. Yeah. You know, they've been knocking, and now it's slow. You now it's breaking. I think what's very important is that well, one, they keep keep this momentum going. Yes, that's very important. It's it's not a blip where and then, you know, I, I, it, it can be you know 2017 2018 was a year of and that's it everyone forgets about that yeah, so yeah. momentum has to keep going you're right but I, I don't get the sense it doesn't feel as much like a fad which is what makes me excited about it right. like uh, it doesn't feel like it's a short term fad where right now people are just you know over popularizing it it feels like uh, you know opportunities are, are being given to right. um, female hip hop artists and uh, you know their perspective is being shown yes it, unfortunately it's still a lot of the same language and violence and yeah. stuff like that, which, you know, again, there's a time and place for, but right. I, I'd, I'd hope that there'd be some level of progression. So, so, so to that, I think the second part is it, it, the industry, whichever industry, just doesn't need to be just music, any industry. Mm-hmm. It should be recognizing talent. Yeah. It shouldn't be filling a quota. I agree. So, 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 so it, with, for example, with XXL, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be, we're going to choose seven, yeah, but three or four of them have to be women. That shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, it no, should no, be, I agree. I it agree. should be merit. Well, no, it, it, it should be merit. That's, that's the age-old question. But I, but I, but I'd say like to that point, that's what I'm kind of excited about right now. Is I think it's happening out of merit. Yeah, which is key. See, I, see that's arguable. I, I don't yeah. see if if you. So the question for your question about whether female female artists or female any. Like hip hop artists. I'm specifically talking about hip hop artists. Are they yeah. breaking through the sea? I, I, my response to that: they've already broken through. They're, yeah. they're already here. Yeah. But my my next part to that, my add-on to that, would be now recognized talent. There's so many, so many gifted, talented female artists. Yes. Who may not be a certain appearance. Yes. Yes. Who may not have the certain attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Like who, I know I know what you're saying. That aren't aren't stereotypically mar- marketable. Mar- exactly. Yeah. But yeah. so they get left out because they want to get. A certain type of somebody. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you're saying they, you're you're, you're talking about like major labels. Hey, and they don't want us to win. They, they, they listen, guys. They, 
They don't want what, what, are you us call, to win. Are you calling us ugly people? I, I, is that, you know, are we ugly? I think so. I, it's, it's okay if you are saying that. Just yeah. I just want to make sure I understand. Uh, because eventually ugly people will win. Um, Bill Gates, you know, Facebook, everything. This is all evidence yeah. Yeah. That, that that is the case. Um, but... Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I agree with you. I think, but the, the era that I think we're in right now, as well, that I want to comment on, on, on just briefly, is um, is because we're in such an internet-based era that doesn't matter as much anymore. The concept of being able to put out your own album. I mean, Chance, yes, he's a black unicorn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's, he's an anomaly. He's right? an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, Chance is an anomaly. Yeah. Uh, but it's starting to become, you know, at least it's starting to become more of a reality. Yeah. Uh, and what I'm starting to believe that is, regardless if you, it's possible even without label backing, right, to get that thing. Now it's very hard, mm -hmm. right, and to have that kind of money and promotion, yeah, and management and mm -hmm. business acumen, oh, you name it. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to do without a label, but mm -hmm. I'm saying it is possible. So that I guess that's kind of what I'm excited about is that yeah. number one it's become more normal mm -hmm. and popularized right. and supported, right. um, you know, that female hip hop artists, because that, that used to be the, the problem in the past, like yeah. uh, in the 70s and the 80s, you know, a, a lot of times uh, people would say, and, and I think incorrectly, but people would say that, you know, women can't rock as hard as men can. Yeah. Uh, and I would argue that they can, and that yeah. they, they can rock harder most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Um, and right now I'm starting to feel like, but with female hip hop artists, they're able to, you know, bring it just as hard as men. I think I think the game is also changing. Uh, I think Spotify coming into the market really, really changed everything. Yeah, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, Apple uh, Music, yeah, Tidal, whatever, stream, stream, whatever streaming. Just, just streaming because yeah. what happens now is if you're an artist and and you're really good at your craft, mm -hmm. people will find out. Yeah. Unlike before, where you're now in a layer in the in the, in the record company, where the top artists get all the money. And then you're just on the bottom, and you have to work your way to the top. A female artist, she's really good. Mm -hmm. You put it on Spotify, yeah. people will pick it up. Exactly. A example of that is Lord. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Lord yeah. was in New Zealand, which is another world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is another world to us. Yeah. And yeah. but she exploded in North America because. She was on these streaming sites. Yeah, very accessible. She, she becomes more. Accessible. I think she was still backed by a label, but um, but yes, in, I, in New I Zealand. Hear, I hear you. Yes, yeah, yeah. So maybe, and, and, and maybe I, I need to clarify by saying maybe she would have become more popular five years later. Yeah, but her popularity was more instantaneous. It was, it was expedited because exactly. of, uh, of the streaming service. Yeah. yeah. No, I hear you. So no, I, like I, that's what I'm hoping for. I want to see that. I want to see that happen, um, and I'm I'm happy. And then hopefully, you know, Double XL has even more representation yeah. uh, next year. But you are of the belief that it is a uh, it is a glass ceiling that has been broken, yeah. which I, I agree with. Yeah. Um, still needs to be more. Still not yeah. perfect. Which uh, momentum? Keep it going. Exactly. Yeah. Break, it, shatter it. Like, exactly. That just get rid of the ceiling altogether. Altogether. Right? There um, shouldn't be. Should, exactly. There shouldn't yeah. be a divide. It should be all the. Your same. daughter shouldn't have to ever, ever. Even think about that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That just, I, she's a dope rapper. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, if that's what she is. Uh, anyways, we're going to pivot here, but I, I just wanted to ask about that a little bit. It's been something on my mind, given mm -hmm. that there's been uh, all, just so much more uh, great talent that's been, been coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to ask, though, in your opinion, so we're, we're coming back to Toronto, we're coming back to the six, we're bringing them back home for anybody who's listening out there. And 
At this point in time, in 2018, what would you say the biggest up-and-coming neighborhood, in your opinion, in the city? If you're you're looking to buy in Toronto, if you're looking to visit Toronto, if you're looking to move here, or if you're in Toronto, you want to move to another area, what is the biggest up-and-coming area to you? Junction. Junction. Yeah. I would argue that the junction's already here. Housing prices in the junction are super expensive. Yeah, but it's there's still room. There's still room. There's some houses out there where uh, they are. Should I say not fully renovated? So the fixer uppers, they're, yeah. They're fixer uppers. You can do some demo work on them and cleaning up a little bit. I think there's room for improvement there. I, I wouldn't completely disagree with you. I would agree with you to an extent, and that the junction to me has arrived. Mm -hmm. People have realized it's High Park. Mm -hmm. It's it's an extension of High Park. Mm -hmm. um, but the sprawl of uh, mom and pop or local restaurants mm -hmm. or local locations or just places to go, you know, for social purposes mm -hmm. to live a you know nightlife, after work life, whatever you want to call it, um, still has room to expand there. Yeah. So I feel like it's it's when you get just beyond High Park, mm -hmm. the street, mm -hmm. um, it starts to cool off a little bit mm -hmm. from that. Exp uh, whereas if you look between Keel and High Park, there's a really dense restaurant yeah. and really dense nightlife mm -hmm. uh, kind of area. Not club, but just like, you know, social outing locations. Um, and uh, and so I agree with you that there it could be it could be extended a bit more, uh, but I feel like it's it's arrived already. If you take a look at housing prices, it's 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 pretty expensive to live there, no. unless you go north of the train tracks. Right. But then you are in a different region altogether. Well, but that's that's the thing when you say what's the up and coming, what what's that's that where is people going to go? Yeah, yeah. Where are people going to go? Yeah. They're going to go north, north of the train tracks. tracks. So you so, think the opportunity comes? Up. That's a. I would say that's valid. Yeah. I'd say that's actually. I almost bought our first place yeah. at Saint Clair and Kiel. And think about it. You just talked about it right now. The infrastructure is already there. Your 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 restaurants, for example. Yeah. Which is always a great indicator of how a neighborhood is doing. If your restaurants, the seats are filled and and if your bars are filled mm -hmm. these are people who can spend money yeah they're not at home they're yeah. spending money and some people who are not from the neighborhood coming to the neighborhood. that's true yeah no right? I, I make my way to the junction exactly. every once in a while yeah, exactly yeah. so i love the junction i love the junction yeah, it's yeah. amazing uh and i'm glad that it's getting the recognition mm -hmm. uh which is why again i think of all of toronto right now when you talk about accessibility to downtown, mm -hmm. uh, just movement, mm -hmm. uh, it's, I, it's, I feel I feel junction. Is, junction, I'd say, is moderate um, accessibility. You so what would you take, What would you think? You, you still have to take a bus uh, to Keel Station to, to get downtown, but uh, again, it's moderate, um, but it's still good. I, okay, so uh, up and comer for me, I, I mean, I, I am a little bit biased, um, just because I'm a little bit closer to the region, uh, but I would say. That East Danforth area. East Danforth. East Danforth. And I and when I say East Danforth, I mean um, Maine and east of Maine. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, there's, it's still a little strange out there right now. Yep. Um, still a little bit strange. And actually, I'd say two regions. Mm -hmm. I'd say East Danforth and... Uh, and that uh, Bloor and Lansdowne region. Oh yeah. Right. Um, so East Danforth, I'll just mention just briefly, and this is just my opinion. You can disagree with me. Let me know if you you agree or disagree with us. You can let us know in comments in the on our show on YouTube or whatever, but uh, or on Twitter. But uh, East Danforth, I'd say, is because 
it's it's right now going through a massive rejuvenation. Okay. Um, and a lot of houses are coming down there and are being um, brought up there. But a lot of things that people don't know about around Main Station mm -hmm. is two things that people haven't taken, well, people who live there take advantage of, so the people who live there are laughing right now, yeah. right? Um, but people who are moving there don't necessarily know that there's this opportunity, that there, you have two options. If you are somebody who works downtown, um, if you are a young professional, old professional, yeah. whatever, you work close to Union or in the downtown core, mm -hmm. You have two options of your commute, yep. which is brilliant. There's not too many other areas where that even exists. No. You can take the TTC, mm -hmm. you can hop on the train, get downtown, take, take your way to Union King, Queen, wherever you work, Dundas. All right, um, that's one way you can take the TTC, but the second option is the GO train. Yep. And you have the go option. Yeah. So um, I, I have spent some time in that region and, and lived in that region for Did a little while. Did you take the go home? I did. I've taken the go to and from work. I've done the experiment of yeah. how long it takes me um, right. for each one. Right. So it takes me about 40 to 45 minutes if I'm taking the TTC right. to get home. Uh, but if I'm taking the go, it takes 20 minutes. That's amazing. Right, so, and the thing is, is it's, it depends on how far away you are from Maine yeah, and Danforth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, if you have to take a bus there, it's a bit longer, but even with a bus, yeah. um, the actual train itself, once you get on it, takes 15, less than 15 minutes to get to Union. So that to me is an untapped resource yeah. that a lot of people don't necessarily know. And then the other thing is the difference in lifestyle. Every day I get to choose what lifestyle I want to have. What do you mean? What I mean by lifestyle is I can hop on the TTC and you get that TTC lifestyle yeah. where, you need, where you have to stand up. <laughs> You are sardine into somewhere. Yeah. You have to keep your wits about you because yeah. you don't know. And again, Toronto is a pretty safe place. But yeah. still, at the same time, you, you still got to keep your wits about you of what's going on. You can't sleep on your way home. Like it's it's there's just a bunch of lack. There's a lack of options that you have mm. with TTC. It'll get you there. It's cheaper. Whatever. Can't and, hate on and it. And it's a dice. The roll of the dice. It is. Are, are, are you going to be five minutes late? Exactly. Are Twenty you minutes late. late. You don't know. It's the, roulette. TTC is unpredictable. Sometimes yeah. people get hurt. Sometimes people are jumping in front of tracks. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? But yes, you run that risk as well with yeah. TTC. But, so that's the one lifestyle. Yeah. And again, not hating on TTC, taking my whole life, gets you to where you need to go, you know, it's a good place. But it does come with some caveats. Yeah. Now the go life, whoo-wee, yeah. go life. Yeah. Go life completely different. Yeah. Go life, even if you're getting on that late, there's a chance you're gonna get a seat. Wow. You may get a seat depending yeah. on when you're leaving, especially on the way home. Yeah. Because you can get there first and then you got a seat. Even though you got to go one stop, yeah. you can sit down and although it's 10, 15 minutes, you, you get a seat. So number one, you get the seat. Number two, you have the safety and wits about you aspect. Yeah. If you go on the second floor of a GO train in Toronto, the most weird or the most violent things get is some random person coming up to you asking you to be quiet because you're in the quiet zone. And they very politely ask you to be quiet, yeah. but that's about as rough as it's gonna ever get on the yeah. go live. I yeah. lived the go live when I lived in the West End for a little while. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so you every morning I wake up and I can choose a different lifestyle of yeah. commute. Yeah. Um, and that, and I'd, I'd argue that that's one huge mm -hmm. aspect of that Maine and Danforth area. And the second thing I'd say about Maine and Danforth and Woodbine and Danforth, and yes, I will openly again remind you I'm a little bit biased, mm -hmm. but I've lived in a lot of places in the city yeah. and I'd stand by this yeah. and that I've had just a, an incredible experience. You've had a nomadic experience. lifestyle. I have. I have a conversation for another podcast. Yes, I've, I've, I've definitely had a bit of a nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. But there's also a place that's there that's called Taylor Creek, okay? Mm -hmm. And Taylor Creek is basically a mini high park. Oh, really? So Taylor Creek has a path, has a forest, has animals that live in it. It's not as big as High Park, but it's 
basically a forest. It even has fire pits in the place. Oh, wow. There is a ton, again, it's part of a bike trail that's there. Mm -hmm. If you want to do morning running, if you want to take a bike down there, if you want to rollerblade, whatever you want to call it, there is a forest that is very, very close to you that you can take advantage of that with. Well, it's very important for me to do yoga at the park. Can I do yoga? You can, you can do yoga in Taylor Creek. You right? can definitely that's do yoga. Right? In, you, can, you can do yoga. There's a, there's a bunch of platforms um, and, and areas of grass in oh, the yeah? summer in good weather that you right. could do yoga. Flat so, grass, that's important. Though. Yes, yeah, flat oh, grass. Oh, you oh, could do oh, you oh, could oh, do yoga oh, there. Um, and, and again, I, I will say it's not as large as Hyde Park, but it's like a miniature Hyde Park. Mm -hmm. So instead of us having to drive, because when we were in the West End, mm -hmm. we would we would go to Hyde Park, but then we would drive right. to the beaches, mm -hmm. right? Um, but now that we, like when we were living in the East End, we would have to drive to Hyde Park in order to get the Hyde Park experience. But when we found about Taylor, Taylor Creek, mm -hmm. we don't need to drive to Hyde Park anymore. Mm -hmm. You can take your, there's even an off-leash dog park that's close to there as well, mm -hmm. right? Um, and anyway, so it's under, that to me is hugely, hugely underrated. Uh, I will be brief on my next one because I've, I've gone on too long. Okay. With, with, I'm, again, I'm very biased, but mm. I've been a very cool region. The Blue and Lansdowne region. Yeah. And actually, the Blue and Lansdowne region is an excellent, excellent segue into what we're going to talk about next. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, but the Blue and Lansdowne region to me is another big time up and comer. Okay. Um, you can still find, I mean, I think housing there is still pretty expensive right now, but uh, it's possible to move in that neighborhood. There's tons of developments that are going in there from mm -hmm. a condo standpoint. Doesn't take long to get downtown for Blue and Lansdowne. Mm -hmm. The area used to be scary to walk during the day and night. Okay. So not just the night, but the day it was scary for a period. I'd say probably about 15, 20 years ago. Okay. And then what started happening is these cool artistic joints have started showing up there. So mm -hmm. an example I'll give you is like Three Speed has been in Dufferin and Bloor for a while, and that's an awesome place. Uh, you know, the, the um, Holy Oak, which was a nice uh, we, we like, gotta get like three tea speed, speed on the episode. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we want, we definitely wanted a piece of three speed for yeah, a long yeah. time. We want, we want three speed. We just, we just need just a little piece, just a little yeah. taste, just a little yeah. bit of that Monte Cristo sandwich. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's, it's amazing there. But anyways, uh, three speed is, uh, is great. And then they had the Holy Oak. Oh, Holy Oak has since shut down, unfortunately, but it was a bit of a, an artistic shop that's there. Mm -hmm. So there's more of these places that are popping up there that's making that neighborhood more attractive. Mm -hmm. And I find and that's one of the key changes that happens with neighborhoods is that you know an artistic community shows up makes the place safer makes yep. the place cleaner and then trendy places start showing up yep. Yorkville did that the junction arguably did that yep. um, a lot of other areas uh, of the city have done that that's one of their methods of like kind of change and evolution mm -hmm. uh, and I'd say Blue and Lansdowne is um, is one of those is Suga in Blue and Lansdowne? in fact funny you mention that's exactly what I'd like to talk about next. So um, we're going to take you through uh, a little bit of a trip that we made to Sugo mm -hmm. uh, just in a few moments. But uh, Sugo is a American-Italian restaurant that is at Bloor and Lansdowne. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, I want to know, what, what's your experience with Sugo, Ben? Uh, what's, your, what, what's your feelings about Sugo? I think Sugo is, is how do I say this? It's, it's like going to Jersey. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yes. It's yeah. going to Jersey, going not just regular Jersey, but Boonies Jersey. Yes. And going into a uh, uh, pasta shop. I'm going to call it a yes, pasta yes, shop because yes, that's yes. exactly it's a it's fast a, it's, food. It's, it's, pasta. it's a fast food pasta and sandwich <laughs> shop. Yeah. And and what what I loved about um, Sugo is that it's it's a it's a bit of a throwback. Yeah. Um, a throwback to when I was younger. So I I, I super stereotypical. It, it is. It's it's stereotypical of a particular region. But they, so, and they they play off that. Oh yeah, they do. Like, yeah. They, they, they lean, they, they lean, lean into on it. it. 
Um, if I were to give you kind of an example, I, I lived, uh, there was a period of my life I lived at Young and Lawrence. Um, Some nomad. And, and I know I've lived everywhere, <laughs> that's, but that's why I love Toronto, because every region is like awesome to me in a different way, and I've, and I've lived in a lot of them. Uh, but when I was living at Young and Lawrence, there was um, some folks that, uh, or some people, or some friends of mine that, were, that had friends of friends, mm -hmm. um, that were from like the Dufferin and Lawrence area, and then just that whole Dufferin South. Okay. So if you take Dufferin and you go south, mm -hmm. um, which is not too far from Lansdowne, okay. uh, that's where a lot of the friends and, and kids that I, I hung out with, yeah. and they were good kids, like they, they weren't really troublemakers, they were um, just normal guys. Bunch who of liked, jerks. Liked, you don't talk to them. You don't talk about them like that, Rafi. They're they're perfectly nice. Uh, they were they were nice guys. I mean, they were average, you know, dumb young guys that were, you know, we all we, we made mistakes, but we were really really about you know girls and you know have finding parties and stuff like that. And you know, and they, they still a lot of them were, were good students as well. But mm. um, but the I don't see why you're defending. Like, I, I know, but it's because I it's it's an area, it's a time of my life that I look back with nostalgia, okay. right? And I loved that. So, so when you went, walked into Sugo, did the, all that it hit you, sent me, slap you in the it face? It sent me right back. Okay. And the example that I'll give you is that this group of friends would use phrase like we, we had a greeting that we'd use with each other. That we'd say, you know, what's up, fella? Right? That's Ooh. how we'd say. We'd say, hey, fella. But also part of that group were a mixture of kind of Italian, um, Greek, uh, Portuguese kind of influence because that's what's in that area. Yeah. Um, and with that came like the bro. So you'd hear them say, bro, bro, that word, bro, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, or I gave them the boot, bro, right? That kind of idea. That would yeah, be like yeah. a line that you'd hear yeah. once in a while within yeah. the, and then they'd even like jokingly lean in because they'd be recognition, they'd yeah. recognize uh, their accent. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like a, like Italian-ish accent. Mm -hmm. Like just another pronunciation that you'd hear is like if you're saying, I'm going out, mm -hmm. they'd say, I'm going out. Going out, hey, going out. Yeah, that's not the New York accent. Mm -hmm. That is some random, diluted yeah. Toronto fusion, fusion European accent, which is hilarious. So, yeah. uh, and but that was that region of the city. Yeah. And when I walked into Sugo and I met the guy who worked there, I was instantly sent back to that yeah. group of friends. Yeah. And I love that group of friends. Yeah. They were just a happy period of my life. So Sugo instantly kind of made me happy. But the uh, the owner Alex that we got to meet there, he was also. Um, He's also pretty awesome. Super passionate. Yeah, yeah the guy is like, and I think, charisma I think, is coming out of everywhere. And I think that's important when you go to a restaurant. When a restaurant owner or chef is super passionate, like Alex is, mm -hmm. it shows in the food. It does, yeah. You feel it. It comes out. And, and, and whether or not, sometimes when you go to a place, food might not be the greatest. But you walk out of there going, you know what? I really enjoyed the experience because yes. everything else was on point. Yes. And for me, Sugo food is amazing. That yeah. meatball, oh my god, that, that meatball, meatball was crazy. Was okay, so I, that meatball, I like, slap it on my face. <laughs> <laughs> that meatball, okay. I, I can't even describe. Like what I describe that meatball sandwich as. So uh, you know, again, you can watch our, our YouTube channel if you want to see what it what it looks like. Uh, what we dig today, if you want to find it. But uh, you can look, look at our YouTube channel. But it's one gigantic meatball in the middle of a sesame seed bun um, with mozzarella cheese melted on it and sauce, stuff like that. And you bite into this thing, and number one, it gives you that lovely feeling of warmth. Mm -hmm. It's got steam coming off of it mm -hmm. after you've taken a bite out of, that, out of that meatball. It just feels like home. It felt like just a, a warm hug from a friend. It was so good. Um, highly recommend their sandwiches. They're really well known for uh, their veal parm. 
Um, and you know what? The way I look at it is if you're ever going to Ronsi's, if you're ever going to, to High Park, if you're in that region of the city and you're looking for something that's like, you know, along the lines of Italian, and again, they'll make it for you in five minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's a place to stop off. You can do takeout. You yep. can you can just pick up a quick parm. Keep yep. going. You know if you're not a huge fan of the Blue Lands that area, just walk in, pick it up. Yep. You know bounce. Um, if you're go. exactly if you're in the area, you can hit it up. But uh, highly highly recommend that place. Um, so good, great vibe. Uh, so if you wanna you wanna hear about that, we're, we'll we'll play that segment for you now. Uh, and we got to interview Alex, the owner, for a little while, so you can find a little bit more about how it's yeah. uh, how everything's. Let going. him let him tell his story. Yes, it is it is, it, and he tells it with such charisma and passion. Man, anyways, I haven't seen a guy with that level of charisma. I think it's the bartender. In yeah. I think yeah. it was a bartender. He was a bartender. He was a bartender. Yeah. He said he was a bartender before. Yeah. He started at Sugo, and uh, um, and then uh, and so I guess he just he's just got that he's got that it yeah. Right, yeah. that comes with it. But enjoy the uh, this is our visit to Sugo. This is what it sounds like. Hey everyone, today we are going to Sugo. We'll be having meatball sandwiches, rigatoni, and stuffed peppers. My name is Sachin. My name is Kate. And, and here's, here's what, what we did. Sugo, which is at the corner of Lure and Lansdale. Now, Sugo is almost like an Italian fast food place. Their food is reasonably priced, and most of the dishes are ready within five minutes. It's not overly formal. It's just really good, comfort Italian food. We've been thinking of doing a new place in the neighborhood, and we're like, okay, well, what, what kind of grub do we eat? All right, when we go out, we eat other beef patties. Vietnamese pho, but what do we really love? We love veal parm sandwiches. Went around the city, tried more and more grub. Uh, went down to New York, did a little bit of research down there as well. Um, one of my partners trained in Italy and uh, makes you know some of the best sauce, some of the best sugo around. Our butcher was actually the one that came up with the name. Maddie the Butcher, shout out from the butcher's son up in, uh, in North Toronto. And he goes, oh, bro, you gotta call this place sugo. And, and Sugo was born, you know? It really represents that West End feel. It's welcoming and it's charming at the same time. It's a type of place where you get this loud, boisterous hello every time you come in. Hey guys, how you doing? How do we find this place? One of our friends came to Blue and Lansdowne and was looking for something to eat, found Sugo, came in and was welcomed with a hey, and somebody was able to make something for them right away in the back in five minutes, and they came back raving about the place. A special part of Sugo is the energy and positive energy of the place. It just feels good. It feels like home. So if you are in the Bloor and Lansdowne region and you're looking for a snack, a meal, and something reasonably priced, check out those stuffed peppers. Check out that meatball masterpiece of a sandwich. Have some rigatoni and enjoy your food. So what are we having today? All right, so we're gonna, uh, sandwich wise, we're gonna go with a meatball sandwich. Okay, so we uh, poach these meatballs in our sugo. Okay, it's got the veal, pork, ricotta, uh, some beef, asiago in there, parmesan, and then we got a mozzarella. So a hand-pulled mozzarella on top of it. Oh, you throw it in the sun in the broiler, melt that nice mozzarella cheese on it. Hit the bun with a little bit of sugo. Boom, you get your protein on there. A little bit more sugo so it drips down the side of the bun. You can add some peppers, some hot peppers, some onions, some mushrooms, and you just got like a killer sandwich. 
I'm kind of glad that Sachin was vegetarian because I got to try the meatball sandwich. The meatball sandwich sent me to an Italian mom's kitchen. Meatball sandwich was super delicate. Doesn't make you feel overstuffed. The cheese on the sandwich was like very gooey. Amazing. And the meatball was straightforward. It wasn't trying to be too fancy. It was just well homemade, good meatball sandwich. Must have if you come here. We did decide to do a dry pasta, the rigatoni, we're doing with a nice rosé, parm on top, parsley, cracked pepper, and it's, and it's absolutely fantastic, alright? The rigatoni was really fantastic. It was so light and creamy, but also so flavorful. I was nearly feeling like I'm in Sicily and some old grandma's house and she just made it for me fresh. Freshly done, feels amazing, feels like you're in Sicily. As a vegetarian, oftentimes pasta is the staple dish when I go to Italian restaurants. I think I've found my new favorite place when it comes to looking for homemade delicious pasta. The stuffed peppers. Um, so it's going to be like a, like a hot pepper that we hollow out, we take the seeds out, then we put the meatball stuffing in it again. So pork, veal, ricotta, asiago, some beef, tomato sauce on top, you throw that in the sun and some parm. Yeah, it's fantastico. Peppers were very juicy, very flavorful, tiny bit touch of spice, just perfect. Melting your mouth, very tasty. The stuffed peppers were a little different than I expected. They had a lot of meat in them, so they were primarily meat-based inside a pepper. It was delicious. So sugo has many different meanings, which Alex can explain to you. Depending on who you ask, it either means juice or sauce. Um, that's usually how, how we look at it, all right? But it depends on where you are. Like in Philly, you know, if you say sugo, it's, it's gravy, something you put on meat. You know, but up in New York, it's a nice red sauce. And I think that's a great representation of this place because it gives you the basics, is delicious, and has got some prowess. How's that for food for thought? What genre of Italian food are you guys? Yeah, so we're Italian-American. Um, you know, if you're, if you're coming in here looking for something really uh, up-market, up uh, Napolitana, you're, you're in the wrong place for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's the food that like sticks to your ribs, makes you comfortable, you know? It's the food that everybody loves, man. Nobody. I don't care who you are, nobody doesn't like a spaghetti and a meatball, right? <laughs> like everyone likes spaghetti, meatball, garlic bread. Oh, come on, man. That's a uh, glass, glass of vino rosso. It's, it's perfect. Um, so that's, yeah, it's fast. It's kind of cheap. It's messy. It's dirty. You know, like we don't even wipe the plates down half the time. You know, they put the pasta in, the sauce kind of splatters on the plate, and I just give it to you like that, right? Um, you know, depending if, you know, there's a couple of little posh people here, maybe we'll dress it up a little bit, but usually it's a boom, here you go. So how did you guys come up with the place? So the guys that, the guys that own the Emerson, they, um, they hired me on as a bartender. And the second day I was working for them, Conzo, Mama Conzo, Connor, he, uh, he went, bro, just watch, just watch. Within a couple of years, we're gonna open a restaurant together. <laughs> He's making fun of me right now. My hand gestures, he loves to make fun of how I talk. Um, but he told me, he's like, oh, just watch, bro. Within a couple of years, we're gonna own a place together. Um, and you know, I, I thought for sure at the time, I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, trust me, trust me, we ain't, man. <laughs> let, me, let me just, you know, let me work for you for a little bit before uh, making that kind of commitment. But uh, we had a great working relationship. Um, we love a lot of the same things. We have 
very similar but very different personalities. Um, Scotty P, that owns the uh, the Emerson, and he was part owner of the Nose as well, which is a pretty famous restaurant out in the East End. Um, he kind of you know took us under his wing. He's owned several restaurants, and he said, "Come on, guys, man, you, you guys and me, we got to make something happen. Um, you guys will be the face. I'll be in the backing. I'll teach you guys what's up." And from there, you know, uh, it was a match made in heaven, I guess you could say. I noticed that you guys own some pizza here, which is like a, I think a bold move. Yeah. Right? Like, so uh, is, there, is there a reason why you may not, that the, you guys decided not to offer pizza? Well, man, I mean, the, the truth of the matter with pizza is it's, it's really expensive to equip. You can see this place isn't that big, you know, uh, to put in a pizza oven, you're going to drop a lot of dough on that. And, um, and, we, and we don't really know pizza yet. Right? Maybe in the future, um, but we know veal parms. Like, you guys are going to find out. We know pasta. <laughs> and we, we eat a lot of pizza. We know the, the good pizzas in town, but we haven't had the experiences of a uh, pizzaiolo, you know? We haven't, uh, we haven't learned that aspect of, uh, of Italian cooking yet. And this is just, you know, there's, there's a lot of pizza places, but get a good sandwich in this neighborhood. You got Brock sandwiches down the street. You got Nonna's, of course. We just wanted to kind of add to that, you know. There's a, a burgeoning kind of lunch market uh, and business booming right around the corner here. You can order pizza to your house, man, but you want to go out and you want to have a nice spaghetti, um, then this is the place to be. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Indeed, our, our first one. Yeah, no, that's but first of many. Our, fir our first official one. We had a, an intro one, but this is our, fir our first official one that talks a little bit about what's what's going on in pop culture, with things that we like, stuff that's out there, and then uh, a restaurant that we visited. Mm -hmm. Our YouTube channel is still very uh, dedicated uh, to visiting restaurants in the city. Uh, so yeah, if you're looking for food, looking to find new cool stuff, music stuff like that, this is a uh, is one of them podcasts, bruh. Yeah. Keep watching the episodes. Yeah, keep watching the episodes. And uh, if you want to to find us, you can find our website, www.whatwedigtoday.com. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube at What We Dig Today. You can check us out at, at What We Dig Today on basically every social media platform you can think of. And, uh, you know, subscribe to our podcast because it's, uh, it's delicious and it sounds delicious. It sounds real delicious. Yeah, Smash that button. Smash it. And anyways, my name's uh, Laird. I'm Rafi. And we'll see you next time.